Coronavirus, more like Corona, why us? You found it. Coming at you from the ISIS studios in Tokyo, Japan, it's the Japan Boy Podcast. I'm Matt Bigelow. And I'm Tom Molesky. We bring you the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective and zero insights. Guaranteed, my friends. Here's to hoping our insight never goes viral. Yes. Like. Like what? Like this song. And that was Slow Wolves Club with Racer. When can we get out of here indeed? Uh, yeah, they are a uh, American, UK, punk, post-punk indie rock band. Um, that This is off their second album, VTR. Um, they actually had to cancel, I think, their release party uh, because suckers. of the coronavirus. So, Corona suckers. Yeah. Um, I've known them for about uh, five, six years. Uh, they would come down and play a lot of shows in Anga when we were uh, arranging shows there. And now they put on their own show. Uh, what was it? Inter- International Music Party. And uh, they help a lot of bands out. Um, so definitely go check them out. Slow Wolves Club. I like that style of vocals. It's the, uh, I don't give two H's, two S's about, about what you think about my vocals. Yeah. You know? It's not like the, uh, the, 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 the cabaret queen who wants to sing all of the notes yeah. all of the time. No. It's, it's that very kind of punk, yeah, uh, yeah. punk rock attitude. But it's also not angry. It's like, I just don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't care, but it's not indifferent also. That's right. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, passion but it's like i'm gonna get that message to you this is how i'm gonna do it and you're gonna like it or f off you know yeah (laughs) i have a tie on and my top button is not really done up yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) great guys and uh yeah so definitely check them out support them and for something totally different yeah i have a live recording that i did with um uh I'm totally blanking on names all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, with a guy from Australia mm-hmm. and our good friend, uh, Offbeat Photography. Oh, uh, okay. We did a show together. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Jerry? Jerry? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, should I even do this? I can't. 
I can't even. Sorry, buddy. I can't. My my name. My mind is is going drawing a blank. I'm brain farting. Um, brain farting big time. He listens to the podcast. As oh well, dear. So. Oh, we're sorry. We <laughs> he's, apologize. He's delivering mushrooms somewhere. <laughs> like, I know. I know so much about this guy. I just can't remember his fucking name. But anyways, I, we did a. We'll mention uh, it later. Um, we did a live uh, show. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a year and a half ago, a year and three months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we recorded it and, and published it live, and it was an acoustic show, mm-hmm. and this is done by uh, Life Garden. Um, it's a traditional Japanese song, so uh, get ready to take off your slippers and suck on some toes. A Japanese old song. <laughs> Charlie Margin. Hey, Charlie. Garden playing a traditional Japanese folk song. It has that uh, real kind of back there in the 30s, back mm-hmm. before um, sort of major chords took over everything. And it has like, <laughs> a, you can imagine almost uh, mist in the air and bamboo and stuff like that, or some old anime of a guy walking in the in the rain with his like getta, his, his clogs. And he has those really short shorts and like a, you know, and a rucksack or something like that. You truly paint a picture. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's Lifeguarding. Sorry, I forgot your name there, Charlie. <laughs> we, we Get got those it. mushrooms to market, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. People are waiting, and you're not high, are you? What kind of mushrooms? He gets that question all the time. Yeah, exactly. But he didn't answer me <laughs> when I asked him. <laughs> Well, the ones that are acceptable, of course, right? Yes. Legal, of course. Legal, of course. When you're selling tons of mushrooms a week, you would only make sure to have legal mushrooms legal in your mushrooms. warehouse. Yeah, of course. Mm. The mushroom police are not coming anytime soon, I take it. The mushroom police. 
<laughs> Just wondering what their badges look like. <laughs> Sad faces. Tom Molesky, Mushroom Police. Yeah. I'd like to see some ID, please. I was hoping for a better job, but I'm just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Mushroom Police. I'm the Mushroom Police, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, looks like we're going to inspect your factory here. Yeah. Oh, you got mushrooms all right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you authorized to sell these mushrooms? Do you have level four classification? Well, no, I'm actually imagining, like, um, do you remember the old... There was a movie of a remake of Dragnet with um, with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd, he always played that super straight like agent that could recite any regulation and the number. And he would, he did this one where he was going, "That's regulation one point four, point point two, point three, point four. You know, like yeah, yeah. So I He's that's the mushroom police. Yeah, that, if I was a mushroom police, it would be like that style. That's a good point because once you adopt the book, yes. you can turn your brain off and now you don't have to live with yourself. Right, exactly. And I like to live with myself as little as possible. Mm, especially as the Mushroom Police Commander. Yes, as Mushroom Police Commander. Salute. Ooh. Oh, all right. Sorry. Little, no, little that thing. was me, actually. Oh, okay. That, in fact, I could... That's all right. Whatever. It's fine. Bit. Yeah. Everything bleeps and bloops these days. That's true. Yeah. You know? Everything has a microphone. Everything mm -hmm. has a camera. Everything bleeps and bloops. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of a good segue because um, I wanted to ask you how everything's been going. And the reason I got that that little ping uh, was because I'd sent out a message to a bunch of musician friends that were just just wanted to check in on everyone to see how they're going. Right. Um, I checked in on Holly Drake. She's doing fine. Um, just checked in Rashad. He just... Uh, came back uh, to Japan from the States, actually. And I checked in on Sawa, and Sawa's doing pretty well. As uh, Everyone's kind of not great, but they're hanging in there, so. Every, that's everybody. Yeah. Everybody's just bored out of their fucking skulls. Well, yeah, but. Sorry to F-bomb, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is an interesting thing. Like, as the bigger, like, of course, walking in from Tokyo Station today. Um, Quiet. Quieter than I've ever seen. Yeah, it. me too. And um, it's like the zombie movie after everybody dies and yeah. we're left to repair. And yeah, like go on about podcasting again. But in Will the podcasting yeah. ever return to normal after this? Yeah, but it's like in the local areas now that the bigger um, venues or shopping areas are closing down. Everyone is going to the parks. Yeah, to the little stores around, and it's. It's good, I'd say, but it's also like they're not practicing any kind of like social distancing. Like, if anything, people are just. I have a word it, for that. It's just getting more concentrated within a region. Yeah. But it's not going out of that region. I've noticed that. Yeah. But and it's not like everybody's hugging each other, though, and kissing each other on the cheeks like what they no, do in Europe. And that's true. Like that. they, yeah. They're wearing masks for the most part. And. Uh yeah yeah I'll, I'll say that it, it's definitely better than other countries but it's not people aren't I feel like they're still not taking it that seriously. Well, my thing is it's it's not a physical it's the virus that affects everything about your life except your health for the most part. <laughs> That's the way I see the coronavirus. All right. Well, the number of cases jumped up and it hit a high. I mean, it's it's you can put this in you can position it in different ways okay you can say it's hit the highest point in tokyo it's ever hit at the same time it's what um the highest it hit what 200 116, 116. new cases i think yesterday in give or take a city of of millions yeah. so 
I mean, but everyone is still waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's like, when is the that going to explode? Well, the you know, surge, the second wave. Well, you know, there's precedence for this. So, I know, I exactly. You yeah. know, I, I think you can't take it too lightly. Yeah, I, and, I, I wear a mask. I, right. I, I, I keep away from people, and you know, right. Well, I always just kept away me anyway. Too. For people like you and me, it's oh, I was thinking like this. Yeah. Finally, it's the extrovert the introvert's time to be an extrovert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. We can right. go out and not be bombarded by everything and everybody. Yeah. No, I like I like the fact that people have avoid me even more than before. Yeah. But um no it's bring it. <laughs> it's not only one extra seat empty next to me on the train. Yeah. Right. It's fifty. <laughs> I love that actually. I, I love that too. But um it, it's weird hearing and, you know, talking to family, friends in the States, and then listening to the news there, and then hearing that, and then walking outside, and you hear a full playground of kids playing. It's you nice walk to, to hear a whole bunch of kids playing. It's playground. nice, but it does make you kind of, Ugh, what, what's, you know, what can be spreading amongst them? You know what I mean? Like What's rattling in my head and what's uh, entering my eyeballs are two right? very different realities. True. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I have seen a dead person on the side of the road. No, and I live next to a hospital that deals with coronavirus. Okay, like, fair enough. But right next to it. Yeah, like, but it's all of us kind of, we're all kind of holding our breath. And when is that? Okay, it explodes. Yeah, that's that feeling that yeah. we have, and it's like, should we be this blasé about it? Maybe we shouldn't be like complete lockdown. But is there a happy, a better happy medium than what we're at now? Uh, yeah, I wonder. I, I I wonder if this is in fact. The best we can do is it maybe uh, that's what because what I one thing that I that that really gets into my grinders yeah sure um, is we're in a pandemic but we can't talk about death right or, we're in a pandemic okay but if there's death then you're an asshole for talking about it yeah 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 but, yeah, yeah if there's a pandemic that means there's death that right. means we're mitigating death right um so what's it gonna be yeah yeah no I agree we're, uh. I don't really see a lot of, like you said, that there's not a lot of social distancing the way we see it in America with no. everybody sitting six feet away from right. each other everywhere in boxes and things like that. And yeah. Police now with drones chasing you on the beach if you if you dare walk your dog. Right, right. Um, which to me is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Totally. Um, and uh, General Robert Spaulding also agrees with me. Okay. Uh, he, yeah. He, he tweeted back at me. Yeah. I said, he he's the guy who exposed... China's um, global ambitions for a 5G takeover. Oh, right. And yeah. um, and when I said, are you surprised at the amount of surveillance capitalism being rolled out in this time of pandemic? He just replied to me, one word tweet, nope. Yeah. So, the, so if we continue what we're doing in Japan, we prevent the, the surveillance capitalism from taking over. All right. Because there's this thing where... It's like there's a global pandemic. You have to worry about your health. Now you can't see anybody. Mm-hmm. And now if you go outside, the government will chase you around with drones. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, to me, that's not a response to a health issue. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But like, Where's the medicine? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I'm just um, in my, I guess what we've always been saying is let's wait a week and see. And then we meet again and nothing is really, it's gone up a little bit. It's gotten a little bit worse, but we're again, it's like, well, we have to wait and see. We have to wait and see. And we're waiting for that time when it, it starts to affect the, the this country the way it's been affecting all the others. In Tokyo, there's just under 700 cases. Yeah. Osaka, 300. 
Aichi, which is Nagoya, less than 200. Right, right. Hokkaido, 200. Chiba, 200. Right. Where you are. Yep. Um, Hyogo, 170. Yeah. Kanagawa, 160. Saitama, 125. Right. So it drops off. These are the most populated areas right, right, in, right. in Japan. There's areas with nothing. And then Kyoto, less than 100. Right. And then once you get down to Niigata, Fukui, Oita, yeah. Ibaraki, it's less than 20. Right, And then right. for the most of the rest of Japan, it's like 8, 9, 10 cases. But, yeah. But I know that people can spread. Yeah. And so like, I'm not going to live houses. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to bars with people gathering and stuff like that. Yeah. So sure. that's... For me, where I draw the limit, okay, and I, you know, how do I? What am I doing for my health? Yeah, I'm. I am taking some uh, some supplements. Okay, uh, I'm not sure if they have zinc in them or not, but I'm not this guy saying get the zinc inside of you now, or otherwise yeah, you're gonna yeah. die. I'm, I'm not saying that either. And then you overdose from it, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Or, yeah. Vitamin C is good. Yeah, it's really hard to OD on vitamin C. Right, so if right. Like, if you're eating oranges and shit like that, like that's that's how I'm taking it. Right. I guess I, in some ways it's like, well, why are we so lucky? I mean. It's not like like South Korea. Look look at the response they had to to come up with in order to contain it to flatten the curve. You know that's the new buzz phrase. How do you flatten the curve? There hasn't been as much of a curve to flatten here, and why not? Because people are naturally self distancing. Is it that though? Is it only that? You know what I mean? And it's really clean. Yeah, everything's being rubbed and cleaned all the time. In well, the train stations, people are always cleaning the conveyor belts on the escalators and things like that. Like every everything's being cleaned all the time yeah. in Tokyo. And now even more so. Right. I guess it's just hard for me to believe that we just happen to stumble across the right formula. I think it's awesome. I think it is awesome too, but it's like well, it can't last. I guess maybe that's just that pessimistic side of me. Mm. Are you are you just more of like no this is the reality of it that we Japan just always had the right formula for dealing with this. I think it's when I look at the the data worldwide yeah. it's the same. Yeah yeah it's yeah. It's the same data. Yeah right. It's it's industrial centers and metropolitan areas right. have the highest amounts. Right. It drops off dramatically after that. Okay. Um, it affects the elderly. Right. Um, in certain areas like New York, a lot of people under the age of 45 are yeah. being affected, but right. I also, that might have to do with secondary health issues. Okay. It's not a healthy city. New York's a shithole. Everybody from New York says that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Good qualification afterwards. <laughs> like, careful. We yeah. love our listeners from New York. I know, but right. uh, they know it's true. It's not a clean place. Now it might be a little bit cleaner, but the amount of you know homelessness and drugs and stuff like that, so that might have an effect. I, I'm not sure. I'm what not is... a doctor, mm-hmm. but for the most part, when I look at Japan, no deaths under the age of fifty or sixty, right. um, and with uh, that much serious, healthier, yeah, yeah, we are okay. Um, deaths total sixty three, right? Like that's in Japan, serious cases sixty four. Tested positive, 2,541 overall. Okay. Day on day, an increase of 235. Right. But I'm looking up from, from February to now, and the, the the graph gets bigger, but that's mainly because of testing as well. Yeah. So. And it's still a, a, a incredibly small percentage, like, of, of the total. Like, everywhere else, it like, I guess we're missing that element of just prior health conditions or just more susceptibility is that like I think in your so. did just Japan just doesn't have that susceptible population the way other countries yeah, do? Yeah, it's an incredibly healthy populace. 
Okay. All right. Like, and uh, yeah, so I want to believe this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. But Italy, I just um, six total under the age of thirty have it. Yeah. Twenty nine under the age of thirty nine. 110 between 40 and 49. Okay. 79, 50 to 59. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it goes up from there. And then uh, when the people in their 70s and 80s and 90s really have mm-hmm. a, a, a huge amount of deaths. Right, right. Just compared to the other age groups. Sure. And then um, most of those deaths, uh, 60% in Italy, are in the area of Lombardia. Right. We talked which about is where, that. Which is where Milan industrial. is, yep. the industrial hub, taken over by the Chinese over right. the past. 15 years or sold to the Chinese I'm sorry yeah if they're selling you're buying at the same time I'm not playing a blame game yeah and there's a huge amount of flights between Milan and Wuhan okay that were allowed to keep going and then they had that hug a Chinese campaign where then it spread from the young people to the old people Um, Mm -hmm. and then you know throughout the rest uh, there's like most of the rest of Italy has less than 1% of the deaths of the coronavirus then how about Spain not that I'm again. I'm not saying no. This can't be true. But but Where I'm just was my Spain. Statistics? Yeah, since you seem to For have men, it, you really um, uh, again the amount of f- f- uh, fatalities or felicidos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, letalidad, which means like lethality. Okay, the percent of the zero to nine zero percent. Of, of, of deaths 10 to 19 0 mm-hmm. 20 to 29 0. 0.5 30 to 39 0. 0.2 40 to 49 0. 0.3 50 to 59 uh, years of age 0. 0.9 percent of the deaths mm-hmm. 60 to 69 uh, 2.4 and then again from 70 to 79 7 percent 80 to 89 years old 15.9 percent and then 90 or plus 23 or more percent so it is it's really bad for old people who get it who yeah, also yeah. have other yeah issues I- issues like yeah. how, if you die from the coronavirus flu yeah. when you're 80 right, or right. you die from the flu yeah. when you're 80 yeah i see what you're saying so so this so is, those are three different places yeah with this exact same ratio of infection mm, yeah yeah and one month ago mm-hmm. just looking at clips on twitter and shit yeah. like that most mainstream media outlets from the United States, Fox, MSNBC, whatever. I'm a Canadian. I don't really listen right, to right. a lot, yeah, but it course. just appears in the Twitter feed. Sure. One month ago, oh, this thing isn't serious. Right, yeah. This thing isn't serious, and now it's serious. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, of course. Where is, and there's no, there's no, there's no transfer from one point to the other point. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, we thought it wasn't serious, but we've looked into it, and right. we discovered at yeah. this point it became serious. Like, there's right. no reflection. Right, 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 right. If, if you just turned on the TV the next day, everything is the exact opposite point. Right. So yeah. I don't trust them. Right, no. And I, I understand that, but... Um, I'm not a Republican. No, no. And <laughs> The Republican Party does not endorse <laughs> that big of yeah. No, um... <laughs> uh, like, um, but there was that X factor with all the other countries, and just again, call me, you know, overly cautious or paranoid, but I'm waiting for what is the X factor in Japan what's going to cause it? Or I mean, and if it if there isn't one, fantastic. I, I, I was I've been following this two hours a day since January fifteenth. Right. Yeah. No, you're. You're the resident expert, at least, yeah. <laughs> and and not and I'm not following. I'm looking at government stats. I'm looking at military reports. Yeah. I'm looking at um, Twitter videos, which could or could not be true. Sure. But you you stack enough of them on top of each other, and some patterns emerge. Right. Um. And for example, 
the Chinese government locked down the city of Wuhan of 10, 11 million people. Apparently, yeah. 5 million of those residents left the city before the lockdown. And yeah. then they started welding doors shut. And you see people flopping around on the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the Chinese response. Yeah, sure, that's sure. Not, that's not... And nobody else responded like that. No. And the, the amount of Chinese deaths... Uh, or the, the, We can't trust the Chinese government numbers. And so when you see That's people saying that the Italy Italian death rate is now higher than the Chinese death rate, well, we're 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 trusting communist dictator authoritarians to give us the right information, mm. and they're taking over the WHO and and polluting us with weird information while keeping different information for themselves. Yeah, it's it's a it's to me it's a communist takeover. If I have to be honest with you, it's being used as a crisis. For the mm. CCP to take mm. over information, yeah. spin it out of the uh, China's responsibility, mm-hmm. pin it on other places, oh. and then sell equipment to those places that's faulty. S- did you know that hundreds of thousands of test kits from China were sent to Europe and have a 20% efficacy rate? Oh, my God. 20%? Yeah. And now they're finding that a lot of these um, test kits are contaminated with the coronavirus. Oh, dear Lord. In the needles. Really? Yes. So that's got to be intentional. Yes. Jesus. Jesus. So that's for me going now. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. That's the Jesus. Whoa! Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. And the, the, that information isn't in the headlines. Right. It's right. just like possible contamination from a, a broad f- a laboratory. And then you read down, and it's like, okay, I mean, it probably came from China. And yeah. Oh, what the wait, wait, the pricks yeah. were infected with the coronavirus? How yeah. does that happen? Yeah. Oh, intentionally, that's how it happens. Yeah. And then the coronavirus isn't that lethal, but then those statistics get into the news. It creates a panic. Yeah. And now we see who responds logically and who responds illogically mm-hmm. in real time. And that information on Twitter and in the news yeah. gets fed back to Chinese channels. And they know exactly how people react in these situations. Mm. That went on a tangent. So it's just a long game, huh? Just yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you got to stand up and say no. The Canadian government sent 16 million tons of PPE, yeah. personal protective equipment, and yeah. masks to China a month ago, and now now the China sending like mm-hmm. thirty thousand masks and thirty thousand suits back to Canada. It's like yay China, thanks a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's that all about? Right. Yeah. And how the Czech government also reported a huge amount of uh, false positive and false negative testing cases in their equipment wow. received from China. And the Chinese Red Cross is using the distribution networks to send um, uh, medical equipment seized to other places that mm. are targeting the Chinese diaspora. So the local oh. residents don't get the medical equipment. Right. Yeah, yeah. The Chinese diaspora does. And on this note, we are talking to a guest. Hey, Justin. Hello, hello. Hey, How are you doing? Hold on a second. I got to play something really quick here. Yeah, sure thing. Hey, Justin. Coronavirus expert, yeah. Justin Sachs. Yes. It's, is it coronavirus? I am hardly a virus expert. Or is it corona? Why us? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Sorry, we were in a heated discussion actually when your call came in. So forgive us. We're just <laughs> all right. We got uh, we got Justin was, on the. Was horn. I interrupting the conversation? No, no, no not you at were all. you were gladly jumping in on a podcast, my friend. <laughs> welcome, mm. welcome. Yes. All right, you're on the air. We got Hello, Justin from More Than Music, um, who is um, obviously very thrilled about the effects of the coronavirus on the music industry. Uh, Justin, give us seven reasons why this has been a boon for you. Well, uh, a lot more time to sleep. <laughs> every, eh, yeah, everything I had plans into 2021 is now gone or on hold. So oh. I, I basically get to live like I don't have a job. <laughs> wow. So, uh, a lot of sleep, a lot of rest. This doesn't sound painting. positive. It sounds more like that's, horrible. That's definitely a. Well, uh, when you're talking I don't know, about painting, it's pretty nice. Negative is always good. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. What yeah. were you saying? Uh, I don't know. Painting's pretty good. Started that up. <laughs> Actually, in More um, than painting. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, in a very serious note, uh, I think it's a good time to plan. Like, uh, especially when you're involved in events and everything. Like, you're always. They never really end. Like, there's always more that you can do, whether it's promotion or making things tighter or. Uh, getting a photographer or, you know, yeah. talking to the bands or whatever. There's always something you can do so you can really get caught up in it. Absolutely. So now that everything's on hold, like, it's actually been really nice for me to sit down and, like, work on an, a proper business plan and, okay. like, set that up. Justin, before you get into that, um, just in case some of our listeners don't know who you are, just uh, I, I sometimes do this when I'm interviewing friends. I just, hey, what's up? But, you know, listeners might not. You know, so briefly introduce yourself. Could you give us a little bit of your background with more than music? Um, so I just got into it as a hobby. Uh, I knew people in music. I was doing food events, and I started organizing music shows once every couple of months a couple of years ago. I kind of grew. Uh, now we we were doing like monthly shows, which I'm actually cutting back on a little bit, even before Corona. Because uh, we actually started going international. We did our first international tour uh, in February. And that was a great success, actually. The band was uh, getting talked to by like five different festivals after that. But that's a kind of on hold as well. And then, um, yeah, so long term, I'd like to kind of have a seat at a venue and run out of there and try to set up a educational program for artists who want to try to become like working professionals and that's what i want to build over the next couple of years ever think of uh, a running are you would you consider uh your business uh your own like your own label um it could potentially go in that direction but i still have to educate myself a lot more and uh I don't. I don't think. Um, oh, I should try to word this appropriately. Okay. Um, I feel like there's a niche for people who want to be supportive without uh, putting people under control. And if you could kind of create a system where they support what you're doing by supporting what they're doing, I think it could work out really well. And I think that's possible if you actually have a venue. Like, I'm not at that point yet, but I would like to test that out before I ever really think of doing a label myself. So you would use the venue as a portal to uh, more than music? Yeah, kind of like uh, the base hub. 
like a base of operations and a place to actually turn it into a business. Like right now, it's it's fun and it's been supportive for some people that I've helped out with, but it's definitely not like viable as a business yet. Um, what I see live houses is having a really, really high overhead with all their lighting and gear and amps and professional stuff. How would you uh, reduce the cost? Have you thought about that? Um, more so than reducing the costs, I feel that uh, people, like, there's a lot of crowds that go out to see music. And, like, the system kind of became how it is because the venues aren't really involved. Like, they're just a place that bands operate out of. The bands are the customers. And, you know, it works. Some people get upset about it. But if you draw people, like, you can make it work for yourself as well as an artist. But I feel like creating that hook, like, why do people want to support the events that you put on? Mm -hmm. And I actually think, like, if you could set up uh, kind of like a pipeline to go from shows at your place, which is a modest place, to doing bigger shows in Tokyo, and then tours around Japan, and then international tours... And like you basically have that pipeline and you work on getting artists through it so they can grow as artists through that pipeline. Kind of like a like it would be a much system. more active role of a venue in helping bands develop themselves. Uh, I see. So you help the bands come along. Kind of like like my I guess like minor league baseball teams or something and moving them up to the majors. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. And that that's why like if people ask me like, do you want to run a label? Maybe you could put that on like the majors and like mm. who knows what the future holds, but like that's not in my head right now. Like, well, I mean, you also, yeah, I, I mean, from my personal experience, you, you have to be very rigid with your kind of the regulations and what you expect from that. From most performers that I work with are going to perform and do little else unless they're really. A, a rarefied few, like a rare few, excuse me, um, are the ones that really go out and really promote for you that try to give as much as you're giving. Um, I find, yeah, right. I find a lot of uh, bands were like, well, we're just waiting to be discovered. Do you find that? Yeah, the and that's... Thing? Yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot of people who, that's what they think breaking it is, is they get discovered. Yeah. And then there's other people who know that they have to do the work and that's how you get discovered. Right. And it doesn't and stop. Once even you if know. you get discovered, it doesn't stop. Right. Like, I know some people who were like on pretty major shows and different things and still like it's like even if you watch Hot Ones and like Billie Irish was on and she said, yeah, there's a lot of shit that comes with it. Like that never ends. But mm -hmm. it's the shit that you got to do to be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. And some people, some people get that. But, like, it's not necessarily wrong. Like, there's a lot of people who just want to play music and they don't necessarily want to make it their career. And that's also an all right thing to do. But that also makes it hard, like, if you're turning around and be like, well, I don't want to do anything besides play music, but everyone should support me. Yeah. That's going to, that's where they hit a pitfall. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't say that, but they kind of, they're not quick to volunteer extra outside of the playing, you know? Mm. Have, yeah. Have you considered like, doing uh, something like a shared branding, like um, putting more than music 
um, uh, sim- like not symbols, but your logo on with band T-shirts, like so that that way it makes more of a cohesion between you and the artists. Mm, I have not thought of shared branding, but because uh, that might that might I'm hit it home instead of it just being like this. Hey, let's work together, um, but not having a concrete thing. You know, having a concrete shared thing would maybe fuse the idea a little bit. Yeah, maybe I'll have to steal your ideas someday. Like, uh, a large part of it is, like, you're always kind of moving. So, like, right now that I get to sit back and plan, it's actually been kind of really nice to think of some new things and actually plan it out. So, How how long did it... We'll see what happens. But when did everything fall like, apart? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I was in England, and... You know, it was, it was starting to hit Japan, but I wasn't paying attention because we had a show every day. And it was like, get to the show, get set up, play. Get to the next show, get set up and play. And um, there's this guy, he's going to come over to Japan sometime, uh, Jack from Dog of Man. It was a great band, by the way. But he was incredibly supportive and helpful. And the shows were really great. Uh, I went over with this band, Shamisenist. And... Uh, it was just so much fun and the shows were so much fun and we had such a great time and it was really moving. And every show we went to had people from previous shows show up. Oh, great. Wow. Like when we played in Brighton, we had uh, people from Stroud drive down and that was like four or five hours between the two cities. Wow. But, uh, so we were really high after that. And then we came back (laughs) March 5th. And, you know, there was like, should we cancel the show or not messages about our show on the 7th? We ended up doing it because like uh, the Japanese audience was really against the idea of doing any shows. But I think most of the foreigners didn't really care at that point yet. Yeah. And uh, like we we confirmed with all the bands and the venue and like that. Also, like the venue is like if you don't play, it's very expensive to pay the cancellation fees so unless government intervention like that's always a hanging aspect to making decisions but we did that and we had like 80 cancellations wow like just the day before it so there are like 50 people there so we really felt it but we still did the show but uh it was through that time like early march to late march Okay, the reason why I'm asking why everything fell apart, because it seems like you're already pivoting to a new business strategy. When did you realize that you needed to pivot or that you needed to double down on something else? Uh, Well, um, like, more so than pivoting to a new strategy, like, I always felt like uh, operating out of a place is the one of the end goals of what I want to be doing, like... Like, uh, I've always tried to pay bands properly, like at the shows that I do. And even when we had so many cancellations, like, like Robert's played with me, so he knows what I do. But like the other bands were all surprised that I had cash for him. So like, it's not really financially viable for me as an organizer, as a business when I do that, because the margins go to the bands. But like, uh, if I could, in one way that's helps, like I have a lot of bands that support what I do. And it does, it has really become like an effort where it feels like we're operating as a team, but like to actually survive myself in the long run, like I 
have to take over a venue and like, you know, survive off drink sales and stuff like that. Cause that goes to the venues that we're renting from and paying for, and then they get the drinks on top of it. So that's kind of like the end game where it can actually be viable for me in the long run. So I've always been kind of thinking about that aspect. So it's not really a change. It's just now I have the time to think about it and plan it out. The reason why I'm asking is because in case anybody is listening Sorry. and giving up, um, obviously you're not, and that's that's quite admirable. Uh, well, if anybody listening is thinking about giving up, like shit's going to hit the fan throughout your life. Like uh, You just kind of have to adjust to what goes on, right? Like it, it sucks, but uh, it opens up opportunities for people looking for them. Like I do much worse than me. I think the people who were hit really hard are the the gig artists. Like there's definitely, like I think a lot of people have second jobs and that's where they bank on their finances. Yeah. So like for them, like it sucks. They can't go out and play and have fun, maybe make a few extra dollars, but like. I definitely know people who earn 100% of their income from gigs and they have, they've lost like 25 gigs in April alone. That's like their entire salary. Like they're the ones that are hit really hard. And in that, like anyone who might know someone like that, if you could do anything to help them, you definitely should. Cause I think like people who need crowds to earn their salary are in the worst situation when everyone's being told to stay indoors. Have you been checking out any of the um, people going, going like, I'm going to do a, a music live stream on Facebook. Have you, have you looked at uh, the move to um, online streaming performances at all? And what are your thoughts about that? Oh, big question. Uh, we actually thought of the 328 show. We actually got like a professional team that was going to come in and stream it. But just two days before it, they announced like stay indoors and like shut down businesses. So uh, we didn't even want to bring out the bands and that team. And I, it sucked, but I think that was the right call. So I was thinking about it. Uh, I do see a lot of people doing it from the house. Uh, actually, just today, my roommate showed me something that was pretty hilarious. Like a band, a family who did lame is. <laughs> but um. <laughs> I'll admit, I have not watched as many as I thought I might have watched for someone in the music scene. Maybe I'm enjoying my quiet. But, like, uh, a lot of times I tune in and people are in between songs. And, like, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. No, I get it. Um, as someone who's organized shows as well, you're always happy. I mean, once it's done, you're really satisfied with the result. But the thought of not doing it for a time is actually kind of uh, enticing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, maybe that is it. I connect with that 100%. I've actually enjoyed the downtime. And like, no, like you must understand completely like that constant pressure of like, there's always something to be done. Yeah, so you're never oh, really off. And always something that can go wrong. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um which uh it's been a long time. I, I went to one of your shows a while ago with Kento. I really enjoyed myself. Uh was, you do the shows at Achieva, right? Uh yeah, yeah. It was I, yeah. I, I actually stopped actually because I, I just got frustrated with it. Um it was hard to it it was hard to there wasn't enough of an audience that I could uh bring in regularly no matter who I was uh putting on. And I don't 
I mean, the most of the time the opportunities just kind of fell into my lap. So I was like, yeah, I'll organize the shows. And then it turned into a regular event. Um, and it's a great place. But um, yeah, it was just fewer and fewer people were coming. And it was like, oh, God, I I could use a break. And then that little break turned into a long break. And now I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcasting life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, organization is definitely a labor of love and struggle. It is a labor of love, <laughs> truly, isn't it? <laughs> um, but hey, uh, kudos to you for keeping it up and doing it as successfully as you have. Um, what was the band's name that you were actually touring with right before you came back? So I toured with the band The Shamisenist. Oh, The Shamisenist. Okay. Uh, you, I uh, the lead is named Jack, uh, who's a great person in and of himself, and he's in a lot of projects. But the Shamisenist, they were good from a couple of years ago. But actually, when I was torn with him, mm-hmm. man, I think they hit their stride. I think they could be something really big. Like they bring in like metal, hard rock, dance, and. Uh, a bunch of different vibes from a different things. And I think it connects with the audience because it's like riffs and ideas that they're familiar with, but like channel through the Shamisen nice. and an incredible two Shamisens and like an incredible drummer in Kyohei. Like Mm-mm. it just sounds really good. And it's also different enough where it has a really strong hook. Like people in England absolutely loved it. And it has a great appeal as well. Yeah. It, you're not watching a traditional Shamisen player playing like no songs or or some, uh, you know, samurai tale from some historical context they're not aware of. It's it's live, pumping music that's really fun and easy to listen to. Yeah, and like you said, just different enough in a channel that's unfamiliar, but appealing to almost anybody. Yeah, yeah. Like, what you say is exactly true. Like, you know, when people play the traditional shamisen, like, oh, yeah, this is something that I've never experienced. But, no, nah, it's just great music. That happens to you, Shamisen. And you can listen to the Shamisenist on my other podcast, The Maddie B Files, which Justin is also on. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's right. We were, I guess, what was it, six months ago, I guess? Yep. Before the Rona, my friend. Before the Rona. Pre-Rona. Before the Rona. Pre-Rona. Rona. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to add, either Tom or, or Justin? <laughs> Let's complain some more. No. <laughs> um, well, what other bands, um, is there any other bands you'd like to point uh, our audience to to check out um, that you have been working regularly with and hopefully in, will continue to in the future? Or not? <laughs> Justin? Ah. I thought he was ignoring me. All right. That was Justin Sachs, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. he's, I don't know what happened to him. Maybe he'll call back. Okay. But uh, I'm going to play this. Donate to the Japan What Podcast by going to paypal.me forward slash Japan WUT. Mm. Hey, man. Sorry there. I think I got booted. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was a total accident. <laughs> oh, shit. I got cut off. <laughs> what? No, no, no. You cut us off. We're asking you two <laughs> difficult questions, and 
You're now you're realizing life before Rona and after Rona. There's no going back. Uh, we're going to be soiling green by next Wednesday. Hard, hard questions when I'm still in my PJs. <laughs> yes, I call them hard PJs. <laughs> oh, God. Mm, nice. Well, um, bef- yeah. right before we got cut off, I was uh, just asking um, outside the Shami uh, Shami Sennis, Were there any other bands that you've been working a lot with that you'd like to point our audience to? Well, I feel like I mentioned it before, but Robert Tyra Wilson yep. is yep. a great artist yes, that I think does wonderful yep. things. Um, Kate Beck, uh, it's never been released, but I heard her recordings back in December, and it's incredibly professionally well done. Like, I could easily see her music on Netflix or movies. Yeah. And uh, this band, Dogman from England, is really fun. Uh, you should YouTube their song Taxi and definitely let it play through to where it hits. And Tokyo Sapiens, to shout out another Japanese band. Well, I think the name's cool, Tokyo Sapiens, but they got back together and they're going to be doing a CD and then their own tour in London in 2021. But uh, if you like high energy rock, they're pretty cool. All right. Thanks, Justin. I'm going to play Tokyo Sapiens uh, uh, pretty soon here. So uh, oh, nice. where, where can people find you if they want to do, do that? Uh, if they want to find me... Uh, Email justin at morethanmusic.jp or, you know, I have a website, morethanmusic.jp and uh, our Facebook, More Than Music. And my name is Justin Sachs. That's S-A-C-H-S. S-A-C-H-S. Yes, not S-A-X like a saxophone because he's in the music. Good thing you played. I did try out. it for six weeks. It definitely did not go out well. I played it for nine years. <laughs> so much years. you changed your name. <laughs> that's right that's truly the only reason why i picked it up right no, no what happens is when you quit playing the saxophone they change your last name to sax <sighs> it's a that what happens shame. yeah <laughs> all right justin take it easy thanks so much right, cheers guys cheers, have a good one yep. this is tokyo sapiens mezzanine
All right, and this is Tokyo Sapiens rocking it hardcore. There we go. That's that's pretty cool music. Great stuff. That's I awesome. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. Just what we need. <laughs> Wah pedal coming in. It's that kick in the head you need. We're playing good music on this podcast. I, I think so. I didn't think it was going to be like the this type of cool rock and roll indie music that would come in at this level you know yeah yeah i'm I'm quite happy with that it's it's totally unexpected for me and i'm i didn't think it was going to be so much music at first but it's more music and it's yeah the type of music coming into this podcast is is awesome yeah there's not a lot of platforms for this type of music because everybody's playing akb48 everywhere you go and really horrible corporate music which is just promoted by middle management to make a buck uh, corporate bucks and i'm tired (laughs) of those fucks so let's continue this. Well, that you figure like a situation like that, the cream rises to the top, you know, and then you end up having a lot of really good musicians put together really good music. And unfortunately, they don't have big places uh, to, to promote it. Yeah, the platforms except are us. gone. Yeah. yeah. But so. at least we, we benefit from it. Yes. And we are, of course... You're listening to the Japan What Podcast with zero insight guaranteed. Yes, the Japan <laughs> What Podcast. Yes, we are. Um, one thing, you can always go to the website, which is on my website, MatthewPMBigelow.com, um, to check out all the other episodes. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a like or a comment. It helps a lot. Um, us being an English podcast in uh, in a Japanese-speaking environment means that we are set against the algorithms which heavily promote um, what uh, Japanese language is interested in. So if you could possibly do that for us, it really makes a huge difference. It puts us up in the charts and it makes it available e- more easily available for other people to see and uh, share the word of what we're doing here. We appreciate all your support, and uh, every little bit helps. Oh, I forgot to mention, yes. I do art for the podcast every week. Yes, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. And the art looks pretty good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and so you can always go to the website or uh, check out, yeah, the website, whatever, com to see the art that's generated every week. Check right. it out. Now, before, I, I wanted to bring up the five alternatives to the coronavirus terminology with acronyms. Um, and we can move on to something else after that. But, okay. That's uh, you know, I did this last week, but it was towards the end, so I want to do it this week when we're in the middle. Maybe mm-hmm. next week I'll do it at the beginning. I don't know. I don't know these things yet. <laughs> uh, so we got uh, five alternatives to the coronavirus terminology with acronyms. Self-isolation. For me, this, this is for the contrarians out there who don't like repeating what everybody starts saying suddenly as a kind of a mind control mechanism prevention. Mm-hmm. Self-isolation. This is, of course... Go away, leave me alone, or goal me. Goal me, yes. The next one, number two, social distancing. Mm -hmm. This could be, hey you, you're a walking disease spreading the virus, go home. Or the acronym would be, Hiawadistivga. I've I've often used that one, yeah. That's a real catchy one. Yeah. That's probably one of the more popular ones. Hiawadistivga, what did you say? Yeah, anyway. Yes, Um, flatten the curve. This can be feel like I'm helping, but really just intruding into other people's lives. And this one is the flibbergiop. Flibbergiop, yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. I know a lot of flibbergiopers. Yeah, me too. I <laughs> yeah. see them a lot. Yeah. 
um, snitching on social media. Right. The next one is um, essential services. Uh, this one's probably my favorite. Slave wagers of the highest order, or SWOTHO. SWOTHO, yes. yes. You're a SWOTHO. City on lockdown. This, of course, means when this was uh, verified by retired General uh, Mr. Spaulding, Government uh, General Spaulding, government takeover now launching surveillance capitalism initiatives, or Gatunelsi. Gatunelsi. Or Sai, Gatunelsi. Both both are okay in this case, depending on what your preference is. It depends what region you came from. Those are the five alternatives to the coronavirus terminology for contrarians who want to disagree with official narratives to prevent... Uh, brainwashing mechanisms from uh, circulating around in your brain, downloaded, streamed in real time yeah. from the satellites. Isn't that crazy? That's real. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> that sounds yeah. so paranoid. Like yeah. the the my dog is talking to the CIA and right. the sun is following me wherever I go. Yes, that sounds just as crazy as algorithms are floating around wirelessly around us, uh, streaming into our brains in real time from the satellites. But it's, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to me. They call it the SWOTHO initiative. The SWOTHO <laughs> initiative. Yes. <laughs> Encouraging flibbergioppers to... <laughs> <laughs> to goal me. To, yes, to goal me. <laughs> so that we can have a guttural sigh. Maybe we should use that, the, all five of those acronyms in the opening words of, our, of the podcast next time. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. I'm all down. right. <laughs> Renting flibbergioppers and swothos from the yeah, those <laughs> yeah. were the, just the two I could write down when you're saying it. You have to send that to me. All right, consider it done. Okay, excellent. which is one of those phrases that everybody hates. Everyone does. <laughs> consider little, it done. a little flibbergioppish, if you would. <laughs> All right, I'll get right on that, you swotho. <laughs> well, All right. this well, will become yeah official. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, I'm 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 waiting for you. You're waiting for me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been we've been doing this podcast for forty five minutes. I'm just juggling, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to do next, Tom? Well, I had heard some weird new AI uh, um, initiatives that you had been mentioning to me earlier. And oh, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, so this is is it government takeover or is it uh, data science? Is it? Oh, is it? Yes. It could be. Hmm. Yes. Is it Swotho or not? Yes, is it Swotho or Golmi? Or Golmi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's what's going on? Do you want to read the oh, AI news? Sorry, that was my bad. Uh, so the AI tool predicts which coronavirus patients get deadly wet lung. Researchers in the U.S. and China reported Monday they have developed an artificial intelligence tool that is able to accurately predict which newly infected patients with the... No- uh, novel coronavirus go on to develop severe lung disease. The team applied a machine learning algorithm to data from 53 coronavirus patients across two hospitals in Wenzhou. Uh, was that Wenzhou? Wenzhou. Wenzhou. Wenzhou, China, finding that changes in three features levels of the liver enzyme uh, alanine, alanine uh, aminotransferase uh, ALT, reported body aches and hemoglobin levels that were most accurately predictive of subsequent severe disease. Using this information along with other factors, the tool was able to predict risk with up to 80% accuracy. That's pretty good. So a couple of things, uh, alanine, alanine, amino transferase is an ALT, 
which in uh, English language terms means assistant language, language teacher, teacher. <laughs> which that I made thought me was chuckle. kind of funny. Yes. And then the other one, um, uh, when I read this originally a few days ago, hemoglobin, uh, you know, I posted this on my Facebook, I was, yeah. but hobgoblins have given hemoglobin a really bad rep. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one of the other takeaways. Absolutely. So, I don't I don't know if this is propaganda saying but it's researchers in the US and China. Like I generally feel that um researchers are researchers wherever they're from. Um yeah. sometimes we have both from wherever you are, researchers posing as spies or as operatives, but yeah. generally speaking, um Chinese researchers are some of the best or if not the best in the world right now um, yeah. in this in these fields and the uh, US is always a source for innovation. Um now, the idea that an algorithm can extract enough data from 53 corona patients, the, the, that amount of data is really limited. Yeah, I was going to say. is really not so much. So up to 80%, and we don't know if it's 80% or up to 80%. So yeah. 80% is the max. Right, But right. it looks kind of promising. Yeah, um, to start at least. To start. And then if, if they can predict who's going to get wet lung um, even with a 50% more accuracy. So yeah. let's say that it, if it's 50% accurate, but the humans are 30% accurate, yeah, yeah. then even a 50% accuracy rate is still better right. on average than the average doctor. Right. And if you have a doctor that's really busy and they can't focus on one thing, yeah. if the algorithm can indicate likelihood in people, then those people get to the, the respirators or the beds yeah. more quickly than the other people. You can initiate preventative measures earlier and catch it, you know, yeah. catch it before. Before it gets, uh, you know, it becomes a fatal, uh, fatality, excuse me. Um, but yeah, so if you catch it early enough, then maybe it doesn't develop into something more severe. Now, here's the thing. Here it In is. the world of AI cloud infrastructure business, mm -hmm. there's the idea that we do not have the right mm -hmm to hoard our medical data, that it is, in fact, mm -hmm. a citizen's responsibility to anonymize their mm. medical data and provide it to researchers. Wow. So yeah. with people that have recovered from severe cancer, right. which was what I learned from Kai-Fu Lee, yeah. they, most of everybody, says, take my data and solve cancer i right. don't care if you know that i have it yeah yeah right but what about other things like alcohol consumption what about worrying that the hospital mm -hmm. will leak my anonymized data then it gets found out who i am yeah and now the insurance company right knows what to charge me or even a company that's going to hire you you know what i mean like if they don't, it could get to the point where they don't approve of how you live. You know, you have to be meet this kind of dietary requirement, this kind of alcoholic consumption, something right. like that. Oh, you're a smoker? Well, then maybe we shouldn't. Or even um, things like, it could be something like pregnancy. We don't want to pay maternity leave. Yeah. You know, it could be all those things. Mm, exactly. Yeah. So we we have the idea that our biomedical data can be very beneficial right but then there's also the potential for abuse of that medical data and then they say well our security measures would never leak that yeah right but okay your medical security measures don't but what about the third party access yeah cuz yep. that happened in china 
where um, they gathered a whole bunch of people's um, women's data mm -hmm. about how if they were single or not single, yeah, and their um, pregnancy uh, mm -hmm. ratios, right. And it was secure. But yeah. then they gave that data of like millions of people right. to a hospital right. who put it on an unsecure server. Right. And the data and was yeah. accessible. And it wasn't just how it was their age, mm. address, parents' address, parents' yeah. age, yeah. where they're from, are they pregnant, are they single, right. are they birth ready? Mm -hmm. Like that was a category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. the top level person has this idea of security does the middle management have an idea of security or do they just go, right. oh yeah, we believe in security. My password is one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. I believe in security. Well, it's always, yeah, right, exactly. It's always down to the weakest link that, you know, that's, uh, and um, the fact, I mean, at that point, I think the high, anyone that trusts it has to ensure that it's the level of security that you're working with. Otherwise you should be, you know, financially or uh, you should be liable for it, you know? So, how do you feel about not having the right to hoard your biomedical information in a future society? Is hoard the right word? Okay, yeah. um, keep. <laughs> yeah. Um, or not, you know, hoard. I'm calling it hoarding. Um, If there's, oh, gosh, God, what a loaded question to just hit me with. <laughs> Call Justin again, damn it. No, <laughs> um... How long is that? That could be like our five seconds to answer <laughs> know, something. Know, okay. We need a, um, yeah. Well, it's a good tuna, but I think I paid too much. That's too distracting. Yeah, it really is. So, what do you think about the idea of Maybe, not being able to? Um, you don't have the right to keep your medical data private. I think there's a should be a, um, a standard anonymization protocol for for information. And um, I think, God, that, when you get to that high level, though, like penalties kind of go out the window. Like, who who enforces it? You know, nobody does. So, but you get punished for it for yeah, it being leaked. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and there's no. I think anyone would have a case saying you cannot guarantee that it won't be leaked. So I cannot give it to you in good faith. And um, my feeling is, well, I think it, everybody at one point in their life is not going to care. Yeah. Most people. And when that, oops, sorry. That's okay. Yep. Um, once it reaches that point, maybe, you know, maybe they say you have to give your information at one point in your life. You know what I mean? And it's up to you to decide when. Medical checkups. Like, yeah. Yeah. Now, there's this thing called digital health. Yeah. Where the each pill mm -hmm. is stamped with a chip. <laughs> and the chip doesn't need any energy. Yeah. Because when you swallow the chip, the yeah. acid in your stomach right. triggers an electrical charge. Mm -hmm. And this sends a, uh, a uh, data yeah. to a Bluetooth device that you wear on yeah. your body. And this collects the time, mm -hmm. the location, yeah. how much, mm -hmm. and then it takes all of this data and puts it into IoT, and then it sends this data from your Bluetooth device on your arm to yeah. your smartphone, yeah. which has an app. And then that app is connected to your doctor, 
and it sends all of this data to your doctor so your doctor can know that you are taking the amount of medication he is telling you to or not. So mm-hmm. that means that you have a crazy person who's yeah. criminally insane yep. who's walking around thinking that the government is following him and he's going to go stab somebody. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. say, no, 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 that's crazy. Put this band on your arm, yeah, right, swallow right. These, these medicines with chips in them, so and then know. your doctor will know what you're eating in real time on his smartphone because it's linked to your portable device. Yeah, so which is the, the both are crazy. Yeah, crazy has become reality. Yeah, yeah, the delusion has become uh, has been exceeded by the real situation. Yeah, and he's like, no, I'll just be crazy, thanks. <laughs> You're just gonna stab somebody. <laughs> My crazy is a lot more normal. <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. Yeah, this is too crazy for us too. So these are the types of uh, challenges that we're facing in the very near future. Yeah, and part of me kind of like putting on the tinfoil hat, going full crazy mode. Part of me thinks that the, the these initiatives are, are that the crisis right now we're stopping everything and these initiatives are now being chunked into place, yeah. being deployed mm-hmm. at a very high level, and then will begin to leak down, like the the the, the so called trickle down economy when yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. got trickled down except right. crap, yeah. and these things are going to now enter our lives slowly, yeah, after this virus passes, you know, it might even be used. To check for the virus in some cases. It's yeah, possible. yeah, yeah. Mitch. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. For me, that's the conversation that I'm really thinking about these days, you know? Yeah. And then I say these things and some people are like, hi, you're a Republican. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not having that conversation. It's so <laughs> low resolution. I'm not interested in it. It's so unnuanced. It's, it is. I mean, well, yeah, let's get back to the medication talk that we were just <laughs> before. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean... Those people I, get it first. Yeah. Not Republicans, but the people who, who are so low low resolution in the way they see the world. Oh. You know this what? This is great. We can shut them up with the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering, okay... Just getting back to that, once we have that, where we're getting literally the information, the the medical data on, you know, billions of people at a time, we're going to start learning some startling things about people, I think. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think it's going to be established that, you know, any, there is no overlying rule for, for the entire population. The way we've been always kind of been told about diet and exercise and what you do to be health healthy, I don't think you're going to have a rule that can encompass the whole human population. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to become that way where it's like you're within a, a certain like type, a genotype of, and this is what works for you to be healthy. Yeah. And, and once that hits, it's going to affect, you know, the social, you know, people socially in so many ways Maybe to the point that we shouldn't actually share that information, you know. It's yeah. It's 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 a real existential. Yeah, it's going to um, be a crisis. Yeah. yeah, and there's going to be people who just like the um, the the uh, the people who make jam and ride horses. Yeah, who yeah. Are those guys, the Amish. The Amish. Yeah. There's going to be people who will look at this and say. This is not what I imagine my life being. I'm right. not going to participate in these experiments. Yeah, yeah. And that there's, there's going to be a lot of people who do. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, knowledge is tough, you know. You know, it's it's not always a gift to know more than everyone else 
it's um what's an interesting thing about this type of you mentioned the amount of data yeah um i was reading uh douglas murray's book um the madness of crowds and i was watching some of his interviews okay and he was saying how we hear the fact that 10 he's a gay guy Mm -hmm. he's gay he's homosexual we we hear that because I'm going to talk about what he was talking about. Okay. Because he's talking about gay people. And okay. It's not me talking about gay people. It's sure. a gay person talking about gay people. And he's like, we hear a lot from statistics that 10% of the population is gay. Right. But that includes maybe, you know, girls who are a little bit bisexual in sure. university and things like that. Yeah. And he's saying that by looking, by using social media big data and search terms. Yeah. You can really see who's gay. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I say I'm not gay on a form, right, I'm that not means gay. Not, but then yeah. if I go home and I search gay porn all day, right, obviously yeah. I'm gay, right, right. If if big if, yeah, because I you know me, yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, but so with using this big data, right, you can kind of see it's closer to maybe two point five to three percent. Oh, really? Of okay. the population, all right, is gay. Yeah, yeah, is by definition, yeah, based. When you can use so, so low, you, you can use the uh, like the ten percent of the what people admit to or yeah. what's being calculated as, mm. or you use the big data, the searches. Yeah, yeah, that really vets it. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. It's it's so it's actually less than what people are saying are admitting to. Well, for That's me, a lot of yeah. a lot of the times statistics are used for political ends. Sure. For anybody, and you know there 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 is a LGBTQ political faction. Sure. They want to inflate their numbers to uh, some okay. degree, yeah. so they say ten percent of the population is gay. How dare you mm-hmm. do X, Y, and Z to us? And yeah, there's right. a, entirely a, t- a point to that, but they're gonna they're gonna juke the stats. They're, right. They're gonna say like, well, this person had a gay experience in college, so they're included in this uh, LGBTQ yeah, plus yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is a really interesting thing to look at. Yeah. But when you just look at big data, yeah. the number goes down. So which one are you going to look at? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's it's the ultimate truth, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Man, there's a lot of things coming up. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so crazy. And nobody's talking about it. But this is honestly what's going in my head almost 24-7 these days is these types of topics. Because yeah. I was working at SoftBank for sure, five sure. years teaching the vice presidents and the AI engineers, and I've spent the past five years, 40 hours a week, teaching, researching, bouncing ideas around, yeah. looking at the speakers and the books and the papers mm. and, and, the, and the implementation, and it's been a huge part of my life for the past five years. Right, right. And I, I get out of the office, and everybody's just like, oh, let's, let's, let's complain about politics. It's a, it's a, for me, yeah. it's a real kind of like what we see with the yeah. virus. Yeah. We don't see the virus, yeah. but we the virus is inside of our heads all the time. Right, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a weird kind dichotomy, of balance yeah, and dichotomy, yeah. and it's it's basically through social media. Mm. My goodness. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. It's hard to wrap your head around it. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, yeah. And if, if you t- probably could wrap your head around it, you'd probably jump off a bridge. Yeah, and do, much... do we want... Chinese Huawei in control of the big data. Do we want anyone in control of the big data? That's the real thing. Exactly. Is there anyone that could take responsibility, you know, that could handle it responsibly? That's a real question. I don't know if there is anyone. No. Yeah. Giant pigs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's the next article. That's uh, not. I wasn't labeling anyone. <laughs> oh yes, giant pigs. giant pigs will be the ones yeah. handling our big data. Yeah, exactly. Yes. We're big fans of 1984, but uh, making it actually happen. Yeah, Animal Farm. Animal Farm in '84. Yeah, there we go. Right. Human well, pigs in human clothing. What is that? <laughs> Race to produce super pigs heavier than polar bears faces big problems. Experts are worried about the lack of basic hygiene and preventative measures to tackle swine flu. They believe developing heavy super pigs is destined to fail if the nation does not fix its biosecurity. Oh, interesting correlation there between the last topic. Mm -mm. Um, To tackle the nation's pork shortage problem, farmers are going to extreme lengths to produce huge disease-resistant hogs. Uh, A year and a half ago, Chinese hog herd was the victim of swine fever, which killed around 60% of the pig population. Oh wow! Was it, sent, it that it high? Sent pork pl- prices, pork, pork prices are so dang good. However, observers say the country needs to focus on its biosecurity rather than the development of super pigs, or the industry will fail. This includes fixing the transport of pigs in unhygienic conditions, as yeah. well as disinfecting farms. Sure. So China is going through these huge high-tech ambitions yeah. while still. Uh, pooping in the ground. So you're saying like the procedures of carrying them out are kind of medieval yeah. compared to their high yeah level goals. Yeah. And isn't well, isn't it one of the easiest way to transmit diseases is through pigs to humans? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm actually asking. I'm not them. sure. Yeah, that's why a lot of religions, ancient religions, right, like yeah. Judaism and Muslim, yeah, Islam, they they don't eat pigs because of those reasons. Yeah. Originally, makes, you know, makes sense. Yeah. The size of polar bears, though. That's a lot of ham. That's a lot of ham. <laughs> Can I get extra bacon with that? Yeah. <laughs> Seven kilogram slice <laughs> of bacon. God, man. Just uh, uh, coming up from the, the horizon, just giant herds of, of pigs charging us. Like, what do we do? That's the next, like... The Chinese farmers are riding. <laughs> the revolution is now. Rally, rally the pigs. The, the, yeah. a, the pigs are equipped with Elon Musk's Neuralinks. Well, they are. And they're war pigs. By war pigs. War pigs. <laughs> yeah. Black Sabbath. <laughs> That's the next Walking Dead tr- series, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Giant pigs. Giant <laughs> pigs equipped with uh, uh, brain chips connected to the cloud. Yeah. Controlled by uh, the Chinese farmer revolution. We don't stand a chance. No. <laughs> But the future looks delicious. <laughs> the future looks <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, this is the out-of-control room. This really is, yeah. All right. Should we go on to our Foolish Foreigner? Yes, Foolish Foreigner of the Week. Um... Stupid Goddamn of the Week. All right. We said uh, a court here last week found an American man innocent of possessing marijuana in a ruling that said the arresting officer unlawfully assaulted the defendant, reports Asahi Shimbun, March 18th. At the Tokyo District Court on March 18th, presiding Judge A. Chief Kano found the defendant, 27, innocent of possessing 0.2 grams of marijuana in Shibuya Ward in uh, November 2018. 2018, geez. Since the amount was obtained during uh, an unlawful collection of evidence, 
This is a step forward. The prosecution had sought a 30-month term. According to the ruling, security camera footage showed the officer shoving the defendant up against a wall during voluntary, voluntary questioning. Don't touch me, the defendant repeatedly said at one point during the trial. The officer justified his actions by saying the behavior of the defendant was unpredictable while adding, I cannot understand English at all. However, Judge Fucano did not acknowledge the claim, saying it is unlikely that you cannot understand simple English. Wow. Uh, Judge Fucano added the use of tangible force in an arrest clearly exceeds the limits of voluntary questioning. I'm um, more than stupid gaijin of the week. I'm actually really surprised by the judge's ruling. Yeah. Um, Incredibly. I, yeah. Uh, usually it's quite heavy-handed. Yeah. Especially and for drug. Yeah. Skin drug. They, they would look the other way. And uh, especially like uh, a policeman roughhousing a foreigner, nobody would care about that. Judge would look the other way in a second. It was captured on CCTV camera, though. Yeah, right? so okay. Due to the fact that the evidence couldn't just be shuffled under the... Uh... But you could still probably make some kind of excuse. Yeah, he seemed aggressive. Uh, he could have. You, you know, the fact that he actually said it's unlikely you cannot understand simple English um, in defense of the... of the the um, uh, Sorry, the defendant is uh, surprising. Yeah, and... You know, Japanese people are not really good at speaking English, but yeah. I would say almost every Japanese person can understand. Yeah. yeah. And I also, being shoved against the wall, I thought was part of voluntary questioning when it came to police here. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, I think your rights go right out the window. If you're a foreigner? <laughs> yeah. Please. That's why we say he's still stupid for walking around Shibuya with marijuana. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. You should know better than yeah, that. Yeah, don't... Yeah, the, in Canada, it's legal, so people smoke it wherever. Right. CBD and all that stuff is really popular now. Yeah. And whatever, it's legal, it's legal. Do it. I'm not an anti-marijuana activist. But yeah. If you're walking around with weed in, yeah. in, in, in Japan, like you're taking a risk. You definitely are. It's way exceeding the um, the value of getting smoking a bit of pot. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. Definitely. Yeah. Marijuana is supposed to make you chill out, but you're also supposed to, like, it kind of makes you paranoid. It so can. walking yeah, around, sure. like, high and being paranoid with something that's really illegal. Yeah. And that's cracked down upon with glee in yeah. this country. And, uh, yeah, for sure. The other thing is that this was from November 2018. This That's how long this case has been going. Yeah. It's, cr- again, you figure... A lot of the time that's drawn out like that, so the person just he just kind of wear away at any like defense, you know, the person just gives up, you know, um, or like people that are defending or you know maybe would leave the country by you know in in a year's time or something like that. It's almost like you know most of the time you're just waiting for the defense to just anything any sticking points to disappear so you could just judge um, get that ninety nine percent conviction rate and um, just. Uh, uh, sentence without any protest, but here at the end of it, they actually judged in favor of uh, of of the foreigner, which is shocking. Yeah, and that brings us to a a happy conclusion where justice prevails. And to everybody living with the coronavirus in their minds, I am too. But remember, talk to somebody you love and say to them, "What do you think is happening?" Have a discussion like what we are having today. Call somebody and say to them, how has this destroyed your life? Do something positive. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. 
Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home.